Hi, I'm Carla Harris, host of Access and Opportunity, an award-winning show from Morgan Stanley that brings you diverse voices working to solve some of our toughest challenges, like Diana Chow. I think when it comes to college students, what I would love to see is a greater recognition of the need for cultural diversity of care provision. Find out how Diana is applying a global perspective to better mental health care for students. Listen to Access and Opportunity wherever you find your podcasts. Here's your Money Briefing for Friday, February 23rd. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. Inflation may be declining, but it doesn't look that way at the grocery store. It's been 30 years since food prices took this big of a bite out of your finances. Consumers can have sticker shock when they go to the grocery store and see higher prices for what they typically buy because they shop often and they can't put these purchases off. It's not like a car. It's not like a cell phone. It's not like a TV. We'll talk to Wall Street Journal reporter Jesse Newman about why food prices remain so high after the break. This podcast is brought to you by Alex Partners. Businesses have long had to cope with the impact of business cycles. Now they must address not just cycles, but cyclones. Storms spin up seemingly out of nowhere, irrespective of the ups and downs of the overall economy. Read what global executives are doing to mitigate these risks and seize their opportunities in the fifth annual Alex Partners Disruption Index, online today at disruption.alexpartners.com. Americans continue to spend more than 10 percent of their personal income on food, even as inflation continues to fall. Wall Street Journal reporter Jesse Newman joins me to explain why. Jesse, when was the last time Americans were spending this much of their personal income on food? You have to go back to 1991. This would be when George H.W. Bush was in the White House. We were still talking about the Soviet Union. This was 30 years ago. Now, historically, how long after inflation begins to come down do we typically see food prices follow suit? So it's actually pretty rare for food prices to come down once they've gone up. It's just whether you're talking about restaurants or grocery stores, the old adage, what comes up (laughs) must come down, that just doesn't tend to be the case for food prices. Now, you do have people point out that it's also rare to see grocery prices have gone up about 40% in the last four years. So you do have people who point out this sort of inflation, a pandemic, is also incredibly rare. And in particular, in grocery, food analysts think that we could see prices dip into negative territory for a while this year. But overall, combined restaurants and grocery, we're not really expecting to see food prices start to decline. We sometimes hear that food prices tend to be sticky. What does that mean? Once food prices have gone up, they tend to stay there. And I spoke to the CEO of Kalanova, Steve Kahlane, and he talks about how consumers, they can have sticker shock when they go to the grocery store and see higher prices for what they typically buy. But because they shop 
often and they can't put these purchases off. It's not like a car. It's not like a cell phone. It's not like a TV. These aren't purchases that you can really postpone. We're talking about food. And so when you go to the grocery store for the third time and you see this price and the fourth time and you see the price and the fifth time, consumers sort of begrudgingly get used to these higher prices. And, you know, just like for a gallon of gas, once you see the higher price, that's the new price. And he believes that people will adjust. We also saw mass resignations impact labor costs and prices during the pandemic. Is that still going on? Labor is a huge part of what food manufacturers and restaurant chains talk about. You know, they say wages have gone up. Skilled workers are a lot more expensive to hire today than they used to be. Some folks pointed us to skilled workers like mechanics. They said a lot of these longtime staff at food plants retired during the pandemic. And now to hire a replacement, to hire a mechanic is significantly more expensive. And then on the restaurant side, they're also paying a lot more for labor than they used to. A moment ago, you said that prices might actually come down a bit. What would bring those prices down? Companies are starting to offer more promotions. They're starting to offer more deals, offer more discounts. That's a way in which, without reducing what food companies call the list price, that's a way in which they can offer consumers a little bit of relief. There's a deal. There's a two for one or, you know, buy three, get one free. So we're starting to see more deals. And then there are also instances in where some food manufacturers are taking list price declines. For example, this would be sort of single commodity goods where companies have seen a reduction in their own costs and are passing through those savings to consumers. For example, we've seen companies reduce prices on coffee and on margarine because the underlying costs that they are paying for coffee beans, for vegetable oils, those are coming down. But these are on really specific items and your typical packaged food that has a lot of ingredients, a lot of packaging, much more complex formulations, and also at restaurants. Like, in aggregate, there's not a sense that consumers are going to see much relief overall. How have these elevated prices changed the way that people shop for food? People are having to rethink their entire household budgets. Consumers tell us that they are changing where they're shopping. So they might be moving from premium grocery store like Whole Foods to someplace more mainstream. Some consumers are shifting to club stores or value stores like Aldi, Costco, Target. And then we talk to consumers who say they're just trying to make a lot more from scratch at home. So they're not buying packaged food or prepared food at the grocery store. They're not buying snacks. That's WSJ reporter Jesse Newman. And that's it for your Money Briefing. We'll be back Monday morning with WSJ's Rachel Wolf to discuss why the lifespan of the newest generation of large appliances is shrinking. Today's show was produced by Ariana Osperu. I'm your host, J.R. Whalen. Jessica Fenton and Michael Laval wrote our theme music. Our supervising producer is Melanie Roy. Aisha Al-Muslim is our development producer. Scott Salloway and Chris Zinsley are our deputy editors. And Falana Patterson is the Wall Street Journal's head of news audio. Thanks for listening.